The first reading today is from Ezekiel. A voice said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. They shall know that there has been a prophet among them. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Our Gospel reading this morning is from Mark chapter 6. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? <coughs> and they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. He was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went among the villages, teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them, take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals, and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Please be seated. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to begin our sermon time this morning with a question. My question to you is this. What does your baptism mean to you? What does your baptism mean to you? Well, I suppose for each one of us it may mean something a little bit different. One of you might say, well, my baptism means that I'm saved. Another of you might say, well, it means that I'm a child of God. Somebody else might say, it means that I am part of God's family. Or that my sins are forgiven, or my sins are washed away. 
Somebody else might say, well, it means that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Our baptism into Christ may mean all of these things, and it may mean something a little bit different to each one of us. But let me ask another question then. Have you ever considered that your baptism is God's call personally to you? God calls us through our baptism, I think, to do at least two, at least two things. First, in baptism, he calls us to live in a relationship with himself. And second, he calls us to proclaim his word. Now, I'm convinced that most of us would agree that, yeah, God calls us to live in a relationship with him through our baptism. But I'm not as equally convinced that we feel called and sent by God through our baptism. Baptism, in a sense, is our call to mission. We have a motto in the ELCA. I don't know if you've seen it printed out anywhere, but the motto of the ELCA is God's work, our hands. God's work, our hands. Baptism is our call to mission. It's our call to do God's work. In baptism, we are given God's spirit so that we can fulfill that calling. Through baptism, you and I become part of God's family. And we all know that being part of a family has some responsibility that goes with it. I think anybody that's part of a family at some point knows that they have a deal of responsibility to other members of their family. I grew up in a family of four boys, and we each had our responsibilities that we were to do. And they changed and became age-appropriate as we got older. But we all had responsibilities that were doled out by mom and dad. I think that in God's family, it's the same way. We have expectations of God. We expect God to provide for us. We expect God to care for us, to sustain us, to love us, to forgive us. These are expectations we have of God. But then God has some expectations of us too. God expects us to proclaim his word to our world around us. Think of it this way. You are the only person that has your particular audience. You are the only one in this world that has your distinct vantage point. And you are to proclaim God's word to your audience. Now some people have the thought that, well, the clergy, they're the ones that are supposed to proclaim God's message. I'm here to tell you that ain't so. My job, the clergy's job, is to equip you to proclaim God's word. Now, all three of our scripture readings this morning are about God's call, but it's also about being faithful then to that call. Ezekiel was told by God, God says to Ezekiel, stand up on your feet, man, I have something to say to you. And then God says to Ezekiel, I am sending you to the people of Israel. And on our second reading 
Paul is complaining about what he calls a thorn in his side. Now, we don't know exactly what that thorn is, but Paul feels that it is some weakness, it's some difficulty he is experiencing that is affecting his ability to proclaim God's word effectively. He's complaining about it to God, and God says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And then in our gospel, we see Jesus, following his baptism, returning to his hometown of Nazareth to proclaim there the good news of God's kingdom. Now, all three of these people, Ezekiel, Paul, Jesus, they all recognize that they have this relationship with God that God has drawn them into. And they all recognize that they are responsible for proclaiming God's word to their sphere of influence. Through our baptism, you and I are no less called. Our call is the same as theirs, to speak God's word to those who we live with. God calls us, he sends us out each and every day. Now, our readings today also have something to say about who it is we're to speak this word to. Ezekiel isn't sent to some exotic location. God says to Ezekiel, you are to proclaim my word to the people of Israel, to the people with whom you are living in exile. And then there's Jesus following his baptism who returns to his hometown, his home village of Nazareth. He returns to his family, to his friends, to his neighbors, to his loved ones. In short, he returns to those people who know him best. So the question becomes, well, who is God sending us to? To whom are we to speak God's word? And I think following the pattern of our readings today, the answer is the same. To our families, to our spouse, our children, our parents, our siblings, and to our neighbors, to our friends, the colleagues with whom we work. We are to be God's ambassadors to all of these people wherever we frequent and we are to avoid no one. Now, let me be quick to say here, one does not have to be toting a Bible, acting like some evangelist, quoting scripture, to proclaim God's word. You and I proclaim God's word dramatically and loudly in myriad ways. I'd like you to consider some of the following as ways that you and I proclaim God's word to the people who are part of our sphere of influence. We proclaim God's word by taking some initiative in behalf of others because our faith in Christ calls us to do so. I was telling the other congregations that gathered here to worship this morning, I never thought, I had never imagined myself because of where I lived um, that I'd ever be marching in a gay pride parade until we stumbled upon Lord of Life and became members here and it was one of the first things we did as we started attending here. I never thought I would be part of the uh, March for Life that took place this last, this last March. But I felt, no, got to stand up. Can't stand by and let this violence just continue and not address it and say something about it. We proclaim God's word in myriad ways by how we spend our time. How do people see you spending your time? 
People see us attending worship. They may see us in prayer. They may see us volunteering in our community, helping those in our community. We proclaim God's word to our audience when people see how we spend our money. When we open up our wallet and when we write our checks, where is that money going? How generous are we? Are we sharing? Or are we spending it all on ourselves? Our pocketbooks, they have a lot to proclaim about God's word. We proclaim God's word to our audience by speaking up for those who have been disenfranchised, those who have been rejected and ostracized, looking out for the refugee that's on our border, for those who are seeking asylum, asylum and a, a safe place to live, or those who are simply looking for work so that they can feed their families. We proclaim God's word to the people around us by caring for creation. When people see us recycling and not littering, when they see us trying to conserve, remembering that there are going to be generations who come after us, when they see us protecting the environment and speaking out against the rich and the powerful who would plunder our land for profit, People see us proclaiming God's word when we're not gluttonous and always demanding more and more and more, more than is healthy and certainly more than is needed, especially when we do so at the expense of others. We want more and more while others have less and less. We speak God's word to our neighbors when they see us befriending the friendless, when they see us speaking up and reaching out to somebody that nobody else is going to speak up for or reach out to, or care about. We speak God's word to the people around us when we refrain from using bad language or offensive language or tell don't tell off-color jokes, when we find other more positive ways to communicate and encourage others to do the same. We proclaim God's word when we refuse to enter into gossip, and instead we encourage people to find the goodness in other people. We proclaim God's word when we offer a word of grace and forgiveness to somebody in dire need of grace and forgiveness. Or by providing guidance and judgment where direction and limits are needed in life. We proclaim God's word to others when we acknowledge our own sin and guilt, when we ask for forgiveness and display a measure of humility to the people around us. God gives each one of us the gift of a new day, and we are sent daily to the people with whom we live and work and labor, the people who touch our lives. Let me put it this way. Why do you think God gives you the gift of each new day? Simply so that you can get up and consume? Eat, drink, and be merry? I think God has more in store for us than just get up and consume the world's resources. Sometimes, the people to whom we are sent, they may not seem like very likely candidates to hear God's word. They may be, as Ezekiel was told in their first reading this morning, they may be difficult and stubborn and impudent and non-receptive 
We may even fear their response. None of us wants to be rejected. And there are people out there who may find it difficult to see us and accept us as a messenger from God. (laughs) But that doesn't relieve us of our responsibility. It doesn't make us any less responsible for being God's messenger to the people around us. You know, the people of Nazareth, Jesus' own family, his brothers, his sister, his mother, don't you think they might have recognized who Jesus was? That he was God's Savior, the Messiah? But they didn't. In fact, Mark says they took offense at him. Did that stop Jesus? I don't think so. Israel didn't always like to hear what Ezekiel and the other prophets had to say. But I have to say, it didn't stop the prophets from proclaiming God's word. God wants everybody to hear his word of grace and love and forgiveness. And he wants everybody to live in relationship with him. When we meet resistance, or even rejection, we are not to give up. Our attitude can never be, oh, what's the use? I quit. And I have to tell you, in recent months, I felt that way more than once, I'm embarrassed to say. In today's political climate, I think it's extremely important that we continue to be proclaimers of God's word of grace and love, of acceptance and forgiveness. You know, we're not to be the judges of our own effectiveness. We are only to remain faithful to that task of proclaiming God's word to those who surround us. In fact, we may indeed someday be surprised by who does hear our proclamation and responds affirmatively to it. It may be somebody we had no idea we were preaching to, but they saw us. They saw our witness, and it mattered. Jesus reminds his disciples, oftentimes in parables, he says, we only plant the seed. God is the one who makes it grow. And like Paul in today's reading, we may complain about the thorn on our side when we feel so inadequate and ineffective in our lives and our proclamation. But God uses us nonetheless. God's words to Paul are the same words to us today. My grace, it's sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God can use our weakness. He could use that to his advantage. That's when God is really the best, when we are totally in his hands, dependent upon God and God's strength, and not left to our own resources. You know, if we were all powerful, if our, if our uh, task was performed perfectly, who needed God? And then that wouldn't be a very effective witness at all, would it? Jesus tells his disciples as he sends them out today two by two, he says, if you experience rejection, don't quit. Just shake off the dust. Move on to the next house. So as I wrap this sermon up today, let me ask you, what have you heard? What are you going to remember about this sermon today? Well, number one, 
I hope you've heard that our baptism is a call to mission. God is calling us to go out and proclaim his word to the world. Baptism is our marching orders, if you will. Each one of us is sent to our own specific sphere of influence. Nobody has the audience that you have. You're unique in that way. Our audience may not always perceive us as God's messenger, bearing a word of God's love and grace, but that does not relieve us of the task of doing that. We are to remain faithful to our task of proclaiming God's word of grace. Because that's God's word to us, a word of constancy saying, I will never ever give up on you. We cannot give up either. We are called to go out and proclaim that word wherever we may be. Amen.